This film was approved under the motion picture code of self-regulation. And now... We're thinking in terms of a film. The question is... What are we trying to do with this movie? By George. That is a good question. Is everybody happy? Let's go. So I just have to feed myself. It's okay. Hey, welcome to your favorite podcast, uh, which is called the uh, Browder Fireman's Life-Saving Trampoline. Um, no, that's <laughs> that's not this show. Sorry, that's the other show I, I do. Uh, welcome to Film Frown, uh, the show where we watch bad movies in some sort of strange hope that maybe, just maybe, we'll actually see something that's so bad it's good. And uh, by we, I, I mean um, me, several of my personalities, and uh, co-host Paul. Hi. Hello. Uh, no, let Paul say hello. Stop it, personalities. No. Um, <laughs> and then tonight we also have with us our uh, friend and, um, well, what else does he do besides be our friend? He's just such a great guy, that Daniel J. Hogan. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm buttering you up. Please. And he, uh, you can find his uh, webcomic at clattertron.com or foxesandboxes.com to start at the beginning of that particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I've got it down. I've got it yeah. down. I don't, I don't need notes wherever they are on my screen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and our other guest tonight, I'm super excited, is uh, Sarah Hoyles from Pet Sounds Podcast. Hi, Sarah. Hello. And uh, what are you still doing the eCamp podcast as well? Or sadly, uh, that actually came to a close because of uh, funding through the city. So we won't go into that. But I mean, yeah. it could always be resurrected at any point. You never know. <laughs> right. Right. Cool. Um, so I'm super excited for tonight's movie. It was suggested by Dan, but has anyone yep. else ever seen it before? I had never seen it before, uh, but my wife commented while we were watching it that she felt like it was very familiar and she may have watched it as a kid. That's totally how I felt, too. I felt like, I had I seen this? Maybe it was like a TBS Saturday special something, something. But yeah, I don't recall seeing it, but it, it felt super familiar. My actual first time watching it was I bought it for my wife as a... Uh, although then girlfriend, maybe fiance, I came. I think she was just girlfriend then, but uh, bought it for her as a Valentine's Day present because I saw it at like Big Lots or something. And I thought, you know, well, for a dollar, this is good for a laugh. And, uh, you know, it's brought us hours of entertainment ever since. I was going to say, you totally sealed the deal. That was yep. the day, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> or, or maybe it was like in spite of that. You know yeah. that she really she really likes you. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably more what it was, because uh, there's a lot of this movie is definitely a product of its time. I don't know a better way to put it. Yeah, I uh, I think perhaps maybe um, you know maybe you are her own experiment. Uh, maybe nature versus yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. Um, 
Yeah, the way this usually goes is I kind of run down the plot and you guys can interrupt with likes, dislikes, and rewrites or whatever. Um, and yeah, this film being from 1951, uh, I didn't get a lot of, at least on the internet, there's not a lot of information on box office. But uh, I do know like from a lot of things that I was able to check out that probably not one of reagan's best films but then when he was running for president it emerged again and uh became sort of a cult hit from what i was reading yeah um yeah so i was really curious about this whole question that the movie is asking about bonzo whether it's the environment or if it's like the way he's nurtured uh or if you know it's genetic I was really curious about like if this was an actual psychological theory back then, but um, uh, when I, uh, well, I didn't want to ask my psychiatrist because I knew she would just look at me and go, hmm, do you think maybe you've asked this question because you think perhaps you need an excuse to behave the way you're behaving? <laughs> so uh, I opted not to ask that question, <laughs> but it does seem kind of ridiculous this whole theory, but uh, I guess I should just uh, jump in because it's right here in the beginning, wherever my yeah. notes are. Well, I, I have heard of that theory before. Like I clearly, clearly remember uh, going over that in some class or something about nature versus nurture stuff, and I can't remember what class it was or whatever, but I, I was definitely familiar with that concept. Um, really? Well, I mean, I've heard that before, but it's like this initial one where it's like, oh, well, if you're a criminal, then you genetically inherit it. Yeah. I was like, yeah. what? Right. Really? Right. Yeah, no, I've heard that before, too. I think I might have, I can't remember what class it would have been in, but I definitely remember hearing about that before. Yeah, I I did think that the uh, discussion, uh, I guess it's not even really all that far into the movie, but the, the discussion between like the, the school administrator, or at least I guess maybe he's the dean of the science department or something like that. But um, the discussion between he and uh, Ronald Reagan's character about, um, well, he's, you know, your father is genetically uh, (laughs) has the genes specifically to become a criminal. And that means you have those genes. And that means my grandchildren could have those genes. And I was like, this is a really weird line of thinking to go down. uh, Only, a few years after, you know, one of the largest attempted genocides in, uh, right. in history. This is well, a very bizarre kind of. Yeah. Eugenics were definitely still a thing in that point yeah. in time too. So. Yeah, for sure. But then didn't you find that it was like incredibly problematic because the, yeah. eight, the little chimp is obviously not his genetic uh, offspring. So it's just right. like, so the whole premise doesn't even like you're not even proving what you're setting out to right. prove or disprove so i was just like right. this is but then i was like okay okay suspension of disbelief i will let i'll let it go right <laughs> right and also they keep using bananas as like his reinforcing <laughs> technique which is like but that because he's a monkey i guess he, yeah he's genetically he has to like bananas right so we're gonna use that but we're gonna try to <laughs> Use his nature to sway the nurture piece. I don't know. Yeah. And I I really do, like, you know, 
I don't want to use like time travel to like uh, fix any kind of wrongs. I just want to go back to 1951 and see if bananas weren't as prevalent as they are today. Because it seems like whenever they need a banana, they're like, oh, no, where are we going to get a banana at this hour? Or right. let's go buy some more bananas. And I was like, were they that hard to find? Because I'm tripping over them here in Edmonton. <laughs> well, they didn't have NAFTA back then. so. <laughs> oh, right. They didn't have the the hotel banana wasn't bred yet. I see. Right. I mean, I knew the time there were. I had so many issues with the film, but I think it's just. Um, oh, yay! Oh yay! <laughs> well, um, my podcast is about animals, and I always I don't like, like I don't usually watch films that have animals in them. Uh, okay. Yeah. Because I don't uh, not like, yes, there's that whole idea of like, what was the treatment of the animals? And there's always that like little thing that comes up at the very end with all the credits that says, you know, this was approved by such and such and so and so. Right. But what really actually bothers me is like, I'm always just like a lot of films I find, um, not this film, but a lot of films I find use animals or the treatment of animals as like an escalator. Like it, it escalates something and it's like it shows that someone is usually fairly deviant and that oh, they, yeah. they're going to do something. And so basically I always want to know, is the dog going to die? Like right. that's what I want to know or <laughs> mm-hmm. whatever. And so I'm kind of get preoccupied. So I just tend to like never watch movies with animals in them. So like The Bear, I remember it was like a big hit when I was a kid. It was a Disney film, live yeah. action. Yeah. yeah. The, the mama bear gets crushed by a rock with like in the first, sorry, spoiler alert, in the first five minutes. And I just could not. I was like, that's, I'm done. Turn it off. <laughs> And then like Game of Thrones, like when the, again, this is spoiler alert, but it's early on in the, in the series (laughs) when a certain dire wolf gets it, Mm -hmm. I was just, I was livid. I was yelling at the screen. Like I got mad at my boyfriend. (laughs) I was just like, why would you think I want to watch this? So So, my wife is the same way with anything involving horses. Like if, if a horse gets killed on screen, she's out. Like she will not sit through the rest of the movie. Yeah, like what was that one with Leonardo DiCaprio when they fell down the tree? Oh, the, the Revenant. Beach? Oh, the Revenant. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah, not a good one. But anyways, <laughs> we're not talking about that film. But anyways, um, so that was one of my problems. But another one was just like really heteronormative. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Like, just the assumption that mm-hmm. she like that they're getting married and that they're going to have kids. I mean, of course, it's the 1950s. I gotta. I, I definitely give it a pass for that. Just, but it was also just like, whoa, heteronormative. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I yeah, we should totally get back onto the film. But uh, now yeah. I'm curious, Sarah, where, where do you fall with say a film like Pet Cemetery? Because the animals do come back. <laughs> um, I've never the watched silence. It. I've never oh, okay. watched it because I like what pet what cemetery I don't want to see that. <laughs> right, right. Um, well, I appreciate yes. you watching this film with us. Uh, I didn't realize that you weren't a big animals and film fan. So, but now struggle. we have an expert. It's a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> what so did you th- think? Uh, what? <laughs> 
a little bit of sound design piece of this, though. What did you think of the <laughs> what they passed off as monkey sounds in this? Oh, man. <laughs> I want to know who was doing that voice work. I didn't understand why they wouldn't just use his voice. Like, it was obviously a dude. Like, right. it obviously was right. not ape of any sort chimpanzee <laughs> of any kind and i was just like that's an interesting choice i don't get it it seems like an extra lot of work for not a lot of payoff yeah so yeah pet sounds boo right <laughs> right i was i was watching it thinking you know they could have even if they were going to have somebody dub in this which is clearly what they did we could probably do with about 25 percent of how many sounds there are like I've yes. heard some loud monkeys at the zoo, and yet there's way more uh, monkey in this than there needs to be, like just yeah. audio-wise. Well, talkies were a new thing, so, you know, they had to, like, That's really... That's true. That's true. You know, go to, stretch the limit there. He is the title character, so I suppose he true. has to have the most lines. And Bonzo well, actually played by Peggy the Chimp. Yes, I know. That's what I was going to say. Like, what a terrible travesty is the fact that Bonzo is played by a female um, chimpanzee. I didn't even notice that. What I did notice is that she was always uh, the bottom of the credits every single time. Mm-hmm. And yep. I was like, what's with and that? And Bonzo. But, yeah, I, I was like, wait, if the chimpanzee's name is Peggy, like, why did they, like credit her as bonzo but then i did read on like one blog like i i didn't uh, triangulate my sources here but one animal acting blog said that uh peggy was probably one of the most highest paid um animal actors in uh that time she made like a thousand dollars a day and i was like Whoa. oh people didn't make that much right so yeah that's great that there wasn't the gender disparity that there is now mm -hmm. that's great yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, so speaking of sound, this is how the movie starts out with like this delightful music that says, Hey, you're about to watch a comedy. Um, I really enjoyed <laughs> the, the music, like a score, you know, not like, um, every other comedy movie that we see today that starts with a uh, smash mouse all-star. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and then the juxtaposition of the police and firemen, uh, running, to a building somewhere and of course they get out with uh, the uh, the uh, browder life-saving trampoline net thing from cartoons <laughs> and people are like i hope he he doesn't jump and reagan's like looking up and so he runs in and uh and so yeah there's this uh wacky scientist hans who's uh trying to talk someone down from a ledge and the title character is named bonzo i wonder if this is the ape um <laughs> Okay, I'm using the wrong pronouns. I'm out. Um, <laughs> the chimpanzee. And so he's trying to uh, reason with the chimpanzee, saying, you know, you'll only hurt the ones you love if you jump. Um, and uh, then immediately after, which I'm sure is uh, just for joke's sakes, but I'm sorry, it just didn't gel with me, the fact that he could say, you'll only hurt the ones you love. And then in the next sentence say, think of the loss to science. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well they were i don't know if i'm jumping ahead a bit but like uh once ronnie shows up and he starts telling him about how bonzo's been doing like he the 
scientist guy said he had to take a scalpel away from him. And he's like making all these illusions of Bonzo being depressed and suicidal. And they also spent two grand on Bonzo. Yeah. Yeah. I I was like, okay, that's interesting. And then, um, he gets the, uh, what's he, oh, he has a tuning fork. Yeah. Uh, and Bonzo's like, well, that's pretty nifty. So he climbs up on Reagan and hijinks ensue as they try to get back through. <laughs> well, the and before that, he used, and I wrote this down, the inverted psychological domination method, <laughs> yes. also known as reverse psychology. Psychology, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I know. I was like, you're trying to reason. Like, the first thing he says is like, did you try a banana? Yeah. And it, it was like, oh, like rewards. Okay. And then now he's using reverse psychology, telling Bonzo to jump. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that's a little bizarre. Um, sure. Uh, so then we, we cut to the dean's house, uh, the dean's office. Sorry. Uh, I was just thinking, robot house. Um, yeah. So a man is showing a picture of a mustached con man to the dean who looks awfully a lot like Reagan uh, and talking about this villainous man's deed who he shared a prison cell with. And and uh, uh, he sure looks like our boy Ron. So it turns out uh, Ronald Reagan enters and we learn that the person in the picture is Rappin' Ronnie's dad. So, mm-hmm. uh so apparently his dad uh, was called the professor in prison because he was quite smart. Um, and I thought, oh, we're going to get a whole new movie here. I thought he was playing the same person and it wasn't his dad. I was so disappointed. That's what I totally thought, too. I was like, oh, he's going to get busted that he's a con man or he's going to get mistaken identity that he's the con man. Yeah. Yeah. So he gives him a watch and he said, I was supposed to give this to you. And, uh, and I was like, okay. That's, um, yeah, so if I'm going to go meet someone at the local university, I'm probably going to schedule an appointment with them, not go to the dean of the university. <laughs> I thought that was like a really strange leap, but whatever. Uh, we have to introduce the dean because apparently uh, Reagan is engaged to his daughter. Well, he's got to call it off now because we've found out that his dad was a... Uh, a prisoner and a criminal and the G- the dean who says i was a former geneticist um he's like we, we can't have that you know because uh that's genetic you're gonna be a criminal too which is kind of strange that he hired him then <laughs> <laughs> well he didn't know he was a criminal when he hired him true true um, they just didn't have they didn't have 23 and me at the time Right. Otherwise, he would have, right. you know, gotten his test results and said, "Oh, you have a criminal bloodline." So mm-hmm. obviously, film frown brought to you by Twenty Three and Me. <laughs> we want you in the university system because we're going to fleece these students raw. No, um, sorry. <laughs> uh, okay, I, I love it when you do the newsman voice. <laughs> no, that's when that's when he got the job at the student loans department. That's exactly exactly. Ooh. Um, yeah, the Dean is a piece of work. I, uh, I, I was watching the film and my spouse was like, I guess I'll sit with you, but she was busy doing other <laughs> things, but I've never seen, and we've watched the last couple spy films, which have been misogynistic mess. Uh, 
I've never seen someone's eyebrow get so high. I think I had to go grab the elevator and find it on the next floor. Because <laughs> the dean says, I can take credit for my daughter's intellect, but she gets her mother's good looks. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Genetics. That <laughs> was a hard one. You gotta love yeah. it. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, the dean and, uh, the dean and Ron's mentor believe that this like is hereditary behavior, and uh, it, I thought this was weird because um, they start shouting about this, and it was kind of like a soap opera cut where it's like they cut to commercial. <laughs> he says something <laughs> like, "I'll tell you what you can do." Yeah, and then there's like this awkward pause, and then all of a sudden they cut to. Uh, uh, Ron talking to uh, Reagan's talking to Hans again and telling him the story about what just happened. Um, yeah. And then uh, Reagan's betrothed comes in and uh, he's like, we should elope. And she's like, no, no, it'd be wrong to start this way with you arguing with my dad. He'll get over it or we'll make it better. It was very, yeah. Fifties. Is this a word? <laughs> yeah. I think that's, Cromulent. Uh, yeah. So she leaves Ron, uh, and I can't believe I kept putting that in my notes. Ron. Um, <laughs> she leaves the 40th president alone, and so he tells <laughs> what this this gets really grim because then he turns to Bonzo in his cage and he says, well, I'm beginning to see your side of it now. And I was like, <laughs> wait, what? Wow, you just went from, like, he went through, like, the stages of grief here. He got angry, and now he just wants to die? Like, so, but it turns out that Bonzo, he's still having a tough time, so Bonzo's on a hunger strike. Uh, and so Reagan is like, oh, he is, and Hans is like, yeah, and Reagan's like, have you tried bananas? <laughs> That's his answer for everything. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Uh, you take down that wall and try mm -hmm. bananas. And try bananas. Okay. <laughs> but have you tried bananas? Have you tried jelly beans? Oh, I'm a child of the 80s. So then uh, he's humming to Bonzo as he tries to feed Bonzo um, like a baby bottle. Uh, and this the, the most entertaining part of this film was when he was humming to Bonzo, trying to console him with him in his arms, with the baby bottle. And for whatever reason, the pitch of that in my speakers made my new doggo go, what the hell is that? So well, He was using that uh, tuning fork thing again, too. Ah, but I think it was his humming, like, my, yeah, my, yeah. Dog, my dog Coco is doing that puppy look at the TV. Like, what? what is this sound? Um, I haven't tried it. I should try humming that song. Maybe she likes it. <laughs> Um, so this is the conceit of the film we've been talking about. Uh, uh, Reagan decides he's going to care for Bonzo and prove that it's environment, not genes. Um, and Hans is like, well, okay, you can do that, but you, you're, you're the dad. Where are you going to get a mom? And he's like, I'll find someone. <laughs> and, and, and me not knowing the names of the past, except for, uh, the president here. I, I was like, wait, this is interesting. So him and his like 
the woman, Valerie, he's engaged to, they're going to try to raise Bonzo to prove to her dad. I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. And then, oh, this isn't what's happening. Because <laughs> we have to get some creepy, twisted romance in here. For yeah, he's he is trying to kind of do this whole experiment on the down low. So the, the only other person at the university who knows that it's happening is uh, kooky German Hans. Um and beyond that, he's trying to, like, keep it covered up. So he keeps trying to shoo Valerie away, keep her away from the house, keep her from noticing that he's got a monkey at home, I guess. Um, this, Yeah, this film has been basically uh, the precursor to every Three's Company episode you've ever seen. <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um in some ways, the uh, the first Planet of the Apes remake is kind of a reboot of this. Because <laughs> it kind of has a lot in common. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> wow, I didn't think of it that way, but you're true. Yeah. Like they're, they're really yeah. trying to get Marky Mark to behave. Yeah. Um. <laughs> no, not that one. The one with James Franco. <laughs> oh. Dawn, oh, okay. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Dawn right? of the Planet of the Apes, where he... He has uh, Caesar living in the house with him and uh, John Lithgow, and they're like yeah. raising him as their own and that yeah. kind of thing. I don't, I don't know this film, but you're definitely not selling it. <laughs> no, <laughs> I feel like uh, of the yeah of this series of Planet of the Apes movies, I think Dawn is probably the best of them in my opinion. But anyway, huh? I have not <laughs> seen it. I uh, we'll line that up yeah. for a different film frown, maybe. <laughs> Sure. Ah, it sounds like Three Men and a Baby, but I mean, I can't watch that without Tom Selleck. So why would I watch Dawn of the Planet of the Apes? Um. So anyway, Three we... Men and a Baby is entirely a different social experiment. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> uh, we cut to Reagan, and he's full of feathers on the phone with Hans, and he's had it with Bonzo. No, no woman will take the job to bring up Bonzo. Uh, but here comes Jane. Not to be confused with Tarzan and Jane. I kind of um, wondered if that was on purpose because this is definitely well after Tarzan. I, I was curious about that as well. Um, and she comes in for the interview and she's well under the impression that Bonzo is a baby boy. Mm-hmm. And there's there's some very clever and flirty writing here for romantic comedies that feature chimpanzees. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and... She goes to help uh, Bonzo because there's a lot of noise upstairs while she's sort of being interviewed and she sees that it is a real chimpanzee and screams. Um, And so then she learns like his goal of teaching, quote, decency and honesty to Bonzo. Um, So once She's there thinking about this and comparing the chimpanzee to her brother, Gus, every five seconds. Uh, Valerie comes over. Oops. So as uh, as Paul said, we've 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 got to hide this. Um, So she's like, uh, what are you doing? You haven't been at work. And he's like, oh, uh, you know, um, I was just about to leave. Yeah, because she sees the suitcase of Jane's so he grabs a suitcase and goes out to his car and he says I'll tell you when I get back and she's like what's going on something's up and you know as a psychologist he says you know witty stuff like 
when people relax, their mental processes are much more relaxed. <laughs> I really wanted like a beat where like he slams down the suitcase in the car in front of Valerie and like it pops open and you see like a dress or something and he'd have to like explain why he packed a dress. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Well, in the Adam Sandler remake. Um, yeah. So, uh, so he leaves his own house uh, with Jane's bag, pretending it's his, and yeah, he comes back. Everything's good. She shows him how to put pajamas on, even though they don't get on. Um, yeah, <laughs> right. We we cut to Reagan in the grocery store, uh, buying oh, some baby food, and uh, the uh, another old professor's in there, and he's like, "What's going on? What what are you doing?" I thought you know only married men do the shopping, and so now he's got to cover with another lie, and and this was I didn't get it, so I think it must be pop culture of the day or film or maybe, maybe. the baby food was like fountain of youth baby food but anyway this it's a um, funny little b plot that he convinces this guy that baby food is like a a super food (laughs) yes yes and i'm not eating some right now um it works for robocop true uh go detroit um Mm -hmm. yeah so then we uh get to back to the house where I think they're having, uh, what are they have? They're having, uh, breakfast, I think with, uh, Bonzo and Swedish pancakes. Yes. And he's acting up and, uh, and she's like, you know, you have to be like more of a father to him. And he was like, Oh, he has an Oedipus complex already after a few days. And I was like, wait, what? Like, I'm confused. Um, so yeah, Ron gets beaten by some food and he kind of blows up and she's like, you know, you have to act like a father, not a school teacher. And then we get this awkward, romantic <laughs> papa mama idea. Like they're going to call each other that in front of the chimpanzee who doesn't speak English. Yeah. Yeah. I, that was, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it, it was really creepy. And I loved her talking about her parents and how her dad would call her mom little chicken and all that other stuff. It was just really weird. <laughs> it was, it was very, uh, yeah, it was very strange. Mm-hmm. But the thing that just, I could not let go of is that he didn't even eat the pancakes. Yeah. He just walks out, goes to work, and he doesn't even eat the pancakes. I was there was a huge buildup about him. Didn't happen. True. Wow. Yeah, I didn't notice that. And she Can't does a go. lot of cooking for him in this movie too. Like, yeah, pretty much every scene. If he's not in the scene, then she's talking about making food for him because like, he's going to be coming home. I gotta get Papa's home. dinner get, started. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think. There were some like clever lines when they first met, but other than that, there was, I don't know, maybe there was a music cue, but I didn't really think that there was, I mean, I've seen enough movies to think, uh uh-oh, but I mean, there didn't seem to be anything coming from Jane to say, oh, I might be interested in this man. Like, so I think it just made the whole Papa Mama thing even more weird for me. Yeah, yeah. So the the lies continue to build up, 
and we get to see like a beautiful thing uh, of days passing with uh, Ronald Reagan keeping experiment notes, which with wonderful penmanship. <laughs> Did you notice when they had that first close up on the journal that it was on screen for a super long time? Is that just like a modern thing? I'm just not used to seeing that or whatever, but I just felt that was up forever. Yeah, I felt yeah. like it was it was up for a really long time, and it's something that you don't like. I don't see in film at all, like a written page, as well as yeah. like all the the fade outs and then the coming back up. Like that's just something that is, yeah, a concept that's just not used anymore. But he had great penmanship. Holy moly! <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, and I think like I've seen a couple of old movies where yeah, it's like maybe. Um, yeah, I think we just keep it on too long so people can read everything, especially because it's in cursive. Right. But, uh, but it is interesting. Like, I think we don't see that as much in movies now because, like, uh, we don't have, like, a fabulous giant TV. And so sometimes when they, I'm expected to be able to read a piece of paper in a movie or a show, I can't. <laughs> right. And there's other people nowadays watching on their phone. So it's like, this is not a good gimmick. Don't tell David anymore. Lynch that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, if you're if you're supposed to know what's on the page now, they would have a voiceover or something like that reading it to you. Uh, I think the, the nearest thing we get to that these days might be like a computer screen or something. Right, or... right. Which makes oh. a bunch of typewriter noises as people are keying right. stuff in, uh, inexplicably making typewriter noises. <laughs> I just love, like, with, I mean, not uh, considering what has happened with everything that all the actors and stuff these days, but House of Cards, how they would do the texts, like, right on screen. Yeah, and, yeah. Oh, there's my dog. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she wants to be on the podcast. Um, yeah, how they how that actually comes up on the screen. I really like that device, but yeah, this was definitely, yeah, hearkened to the past. <laughs> wow. When you said like, now we have a voiceover, I was just like, okay, anytime like you need to have like something written down, like as a voiceover in a film, just get Morgan Freeman. <laughs> right. So Morgan Freeman so, reads Reagan's lab notes. Yeah. <laughs> Valerie is a problem. <laughs> right. Um so yeah, he writes that Valerie's becoming a problem and they cut to them having dinner and he's telling the truth and I'm like, "Hey, wow, this is taking another twist. Good." Oops, he like sort of omitted the fact that Jane is 23 and not like some old marm. Right. So um yeah, that was I mean, yeah, we're setting up for more hijinks, but I was just like, wow, you you just went out with half the truth. That always works. <laughs> um, so Jane and Bonzo have a cake ready to celebrate their two-week anniversary, but he's having dinner with Valerie. Um, so she puts Bonzo to bed without cake. <laughs> and Ron comes home. He goes to check in on Bonzo, as you do with your kids or chimpanzees. Um, and he sees the window open and no Bonzo and freaks out. So he just barges into Jane's room, which I was like, whoa, wait, what's happening here? Yeah. And then he sees Bonzo and then, uh, 
this is when we get the clue because he's like something wonderful's happened he's like sitting down on her bed like talking right in her face and she's all <laughs> excited and he's like bonzo's opened two doors to get to mama this is great and uh she seems a little defeated at that point so uh so you want to yeah. hear guess how old ronnie was when he made this hmm Boy, well, when you say like... it like that, um, <laughs> was he 42? I'm just, I'm going high. I'm going high. I'm going to yeah, go 42. Bingo. Yeah, he was like 40. And so she, the actress who played Jane was roughly 23. Wow. Yeah, this is like Tom Cruise in that American Made movie. Like, like his wife is like in her 20s. Yeah. And he's like in his 60s. Oh, Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So, but cute, cute, cute as a button, Jane. Like, yeah, oh, she is just adorable. Yeah, yep, yep, and and like fifties, and so I'm like, she, her arms are thinner than my index finger. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so then the next day she's cleaning and bonzo's acting weird turns out he stole her shiny beads because he likes shiny things that was dropped earlier in the film um and so she sort of fake cries and covers her eyes and peeks out and then bonzo kind of cries and gives them back to her um and then she's like i gotta go make papa dinner and he starts playing with the vacuum cleaner. And this was like a horror film for me. This is when I wanted to turn the film off. Because <laughs> yeah. anytime you have to change a vacuum bag or empty a Dyson thing, like there's no way that dust is going where you want it to go. <laughs> I hate vacuums. Sorry. I wonder how many takes they had to do for that. <laughs> I was and, thinking and it, about the well-being of Bonzo because yeah, I was like, no. "Are they are they breathing that particulate?" Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably the least of Bonzo's problems throughout this entire production. True. <laughs> like I, I was kind of wondering like how exactly they trained Bonzo for this stuff. Like if uh, Bonzo was abused or anything like that. Yeah, I I definitely had that thought, and then I was like, "Can't can't do it. Can't deal yep. with that. Gotta yeah. push it out of my brain." Uh, every Same. every time they had a problem, though, uh, Ronnie would come in and be like, have you tried a banana? <laughs> well, I mean, I did read on two different uh, accounts of this film that uh, Peggy got hers in, too, because one day on set, according to these two different things I read, she uh, she was fascinated by the tie he was wearing. So she grabbed it and just started pulling and pulling and pulling and pulling and pulling. <laughs> and yeah. so... Uh, he, he told someone like in an interview that, um, you know, he was definitely being choked. And then when they got Peggy off of him, um, he said the knot of his tie was so small. It was smaller than like his pinky nail and they had to like cut the tie off. Yeah. Chimps uh, are incredibly strong. (laughs) Like, yes. Bonzo could have murdered all of them if (laughs) if he wanted to. Now that would be a movie I'd want to watch. Yeah. (laughs) Then we'd have to call it Peggy Prevents the Cold War. There you go. Ooh. Anyway, so then uh, Ron's ending class, and he's a, a boy runs in, and he says, you got to go to the dean's office. And that's interesting because they don't like each other. And he gets there, and the secretary says, I have a message for you. And he's like, okay. 
And he's like, someone named Little Chicken called. And he's like, now cut that out or something. You know, and she's like, no, this is really what happened. And he's like, you, what are you talking about? She's like, this is the message I have. Little Chicken says Papa's boy is up a tree. I love so, how uh, exasperated she is with him as well. That's yeah. That's my favorite part is she, <laughs> she's like, look, I know that the contents of this message are ridiculous, but this is what I was told to tell you. So please just accept the message and get out of my office. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like if uh we had memes back in the 80s like they would just use this like screen cap as like her as america and him going what okay. <laughs> yep perfect uh, so so yeah uh bonzo's jumping in a tree and uh jane is like come down from there and bonzo's not listening so she's like, I guess I'll come up after you. Mama's going to come after you. It's really weird every time she says that. Um, and so then he jumps through a window to the second story, and he puts on some glasses, and he picks up the phone. And the operator thinks, like, it's someone in distress, perhaps having a stroke. I don't know. So she calls we the get police. treated to some great um, chimp sounds for a few minutes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then um, – Bonzo jumps down and plays on the ladder that Jane used to go up the tree to chase him. And now uh, she's stuck because uh, Bonzo knocked the ladder down. Um, and then Ron and Hans show up and Ron goes up to save her, putting the ladder back, which she probably could have just climbed down. But, you know, chauvinism. Um, <laughs> and here comes the police and the fire department. Sarah's way better at synopsis than me. Go ahead. Bonzo <laughs> up a tree wearing sunglasses. <laughs> no one else can to see him. So Ronnie, good old our pal Ronnie, looks a little bit crazy. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, but this is this is the thing that doesn't make sense is that the police show up, the fire department shows up, right? And uh they they're responding to this call. Uh, which was placed by a monkey. They have no idea that it's a monkey, even though it was uh, it, mostly because the monkey doesn't sound like a monkey at all in the right. entire movie. Um, <laughs> but also, there was a fire department call at the very beginning of the movie in which a monkey was involved. So the idea right. that there is no monkey now seems a little weird to me. Like, it shouldn't seem totally out of place that oh well this is the same professor that helped get the monkey down before maybe the monkey is at his house now for some reason that's that true i didn't even think of that doesn't seem like a complicated leap of logic but uh, no oh, no well. it's a it's a huge town okay separate fire department oh okay gotcha <laughs> it just made me think of uh my days um as a general Fireman? manager of a of a store <laughs> <laughs> Where you had to like help monkeys down a lot? No, no. Uh, we had a faulty fire alarm that would go oh, off all the time oh no. to the point that to the point that the fire department <gasps> said, "If we have to come one more time, we're charging you." <gasps> so I wonder if they have like a monkey charge as well. Like we've come too many times for your monkey. So um, not to get off on too much of a tangent, but along those lines, I was at a wedding a couple of years ago. And uh, there was like a little kid, like four years old, who ran up to a fire alarm and he pulled down the lever 
and we're all like, no. And this is before the wedding even started, but nothing happened. It was fine. His dad like takes the kid's hand away and his dad pushes it up and that's what set it off. Like the kid just armed it because he oh, had to like pull it down yeah. and push it back sort of thing. Probably to prevent that sort of thing from happening in the first place. <laughs> and so they, <laughs> the uh, fire department came out to the wedding and hilarity ensued. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad the sprinklers didn't come on. Yeah, that would have been <laughs> fantastic. Thankfully, that did, did not happen. It's good luck for rain on your wedding day. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they say. Uh, I think it's just supposed to be like, that's just supposed to make people feel better about it. That, oh. I think that's why people say that. I don't think it's actually, but what do I know? I just couldn't not... believe. Uh, I couldn't believe that Hans threw the bananas on the ground. Yeah. Did you see that? He just threw the brown paper bag full of bananas, the prized bananas. He smushed them and threw them on the ground. I couldn't get over yeah. that. <laughs> I also enjoyed Hans's running gag of mispronouncing things. Oh yes, yes. Like uh, here, he like later on, like in a couple minutes, they go looking for an escaped Bonzo, and he says it's like looking for a noodle in a haystack. And I yeah, was done. I was <laughs> yeah. done. I was like, that's the best phrase ever. Um, uh, so Valerie shows up to this whole ordeal because you know what well, she's an ambulance chaser. That's a subplot we never get to see. Um, <laughs> it was in the first draft. <laughs> she teaches law. Um, yeah. So she uh, sees what's happening and she calls off uh, the engagement. And uh, Ron is devastated. Reagan, he's devastated. Uh, so he's like, this experiment's over. And Bonzo overhears this and he escapes because, you know, Hans is like, he's not going to want to go back to his cage. And, uh, you know, Bonzo's like, oh, I know the word for cage. I'm out. Uh, <laughs> And then Jane gets, like, way pissed off. Like, she says she doesn't even want her pay. She says, like, um, Bonzo can't learn anything from Reagan anyway because he's not a very good daddy, papa, whatever we're calling him. (laughs) I Uh, mean, he's never home, so that's part of it, you know. (laughs) So she runs off but returns to say Bonzo has escaped. So they go looking for the noodle in the haystack and (laughs) – It's funny. Yeah. Yeah. And this is when they go find him in front of a jewelry store. Hmm. Uh, Because he likes shiny things. Right. uh, So everything's peachy good now because we cut to happier times with this little film review of Bonzo learning things uh, that uh, Reagan is showing Hans. And uh, it really felt like a White House moment because of all the accusations about Reagan when he was president. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like, oh, no, we're not going to tell you about what's happening at the wall. Watch this monkey eat. Um, Yeah. (laughs) uh, I'm so mean. Uh, So there's a a bit where Reagan, like, uh, Jane turns on the camera. Quite racy. She turns on the camera and it's out of focus on her chest. I was like, whoa, yeah. this movie's risque. Yeah, like was locked on her chest and kind of vibrating for a couple seconds. Yeah. I found it quite racy. Yeah. I was just I'm not like, and I'm not being wow. I'm not being sarcastic. I actually did. <laughs> for like that time period and stuff. Yeah. I, yeah. I felt the same way. I was like, how'd they get away with that? You know? Like yeah. um 
So yeah, so then she runs to Bonzo, holds his hand, and then Reagan comes out of the house front door and like rubs Bonzo on the head and then kisses Jane goodbye. <laughs> and uh and and Hans is like, What you you do this every day? And he's like, Yeah, he's gotta have like this sense of environment that mama and papa care for him and each other. And like Hans is like, Oh, the trouble you go to through for science yeah. <laughs> uh so then we we cut to the dean's office because uh hans is meeting and learning that he's going to get some more money for his lab but part of that money is coming from the fact that they have sold bonzo to yale for twenty five hundred dollars so, making a profit yeah um which is a great setup for a joke later uh and we then cut to Bonzo's birthday party where he's dressed like a cowboy, every little boy in the 50s dream, um, and riding his new tricycle. <laughs> so. I could not get enough of that. Sorry. Yeah. I it. I think I've seen that enough in films. And, and, and you know, like you said, you, you worry about how we uh, teach animals these things. Um, but then, like, later on, I was like, wait. He's riding a tricycle. <laughs> like, I somehow let go of that guilt. And, yeah. Um, so, then, what happens here is they get into a little argument again, right? Oh, because yes. Hans Hans is like, you know, they're like, why have you been down all night? And he's like, well, we're selling him. And Reagan's like, hey, that's okay. Uh, we can sell weapons to the... Co- oh, never mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So well, Reagan's like, yeah, well, Nancy, um, <laughs> he, those are the only two words I can say as him, uh, or maybe jelly beans. Uh, <laughs> he, so he's like, yeah, that's, you know, the experiment's over. This is awesome. I'm going to show the Dean. I'm going to win Valerie back. It's going to be great. And, uh, Jane is like, Whoa. And she gets mad. Actually, before this is when they make the wish on the cake. And uh, she says, like, um, I'll wish for him. And she's like, you know, if you if you can be made to feel human, maybe, like, we can make other human beings become human as well. And she looks at Reagan, <laughs> which was a really low blow. And I loved every second of it. Total shade. She was <laughs> what yes. the shade. Robo Reagan is not amused. Yes. Sorry. Yes. I assume that's what she meant by make him human. <laughs> he does look like a robot. Um, Hans was really quite taken with Jane's wish. He thought it was yeah. just very eloquent. And I just, I kind of went, what? What did she just say? <laughs> okay. Okay, Jane. Yeah, he was crying. He had his hanky out the whole nine yards. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, he's like saying, you know, after she runs off because she's mad about his decision to like, that's okay. Bonzo can leave. Um, he's like, well, I'm going to, you know, pay Jane like three months salary and hopefully she can find a man of her own. Uh, yeah. So she overhears that and runs off crying. Um, and Hans tells him he's like an idiot and he's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, um, you know, maybe I'll explain it tomorrow or something. 
so Ron, Ronnie Reagan <laughs> says uh, he's going to try to make it up with Jane, but uh, she keeps telling him to go away when he goes to her door. So, you know, you do as you're told. Uh, <laughs> and he goes to drive Hans home, who has a car of his own, we learn later. Yeah, <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> Gas is expensive. It's like 20 cents a gallon. Calm down. He's just uh, too emotional over the whole thing to drive himself. <laughs> he has to give up his monkey. The experiment is over. And mom and pop are fighting. So he just needs a ride home. But also, what happened? Like, why is his wife? I mean, I just don't understand why the, there wasn't a budget. To bring in the wife, <laughs> like what? What? I didn't because yeah, Hans always talks about how much he loves his wife and yeah. was it? Yeah, and um, or something. Yeah, yeah, that just loves her and the love of his life, and they're just their love and this love and the love, <laughs> and then we don't ever see her. And I'm just like, come on, you guys could have shelled out a little bit of money so we could see Anne, Anna. Anyways, yeah, but, but then Ronnie wouldn't have a reason to have to leave the house to drive him home. Oh, you know what? You're right. Hmm. I take it all back. I take it yeah. all back. <laughs> that's, the whole, that's the whole reason, I'm sure. She's very busy, yeah. my Anna. She's very busy all the time with her stuff that she does. And so <laughs> I just go out on my own and have people drive me around. Oh, no, I've just watched a 50s movie because, like, my brain, the first joke I went to is, like, maybe that's why their marriage works, huh? Uh, oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, uh, Bonzo decides to get on his new tricycle and ride it to the jewelry store to steal something pretty to make Jane feel better. We get some great footage of a chimp riding a tricycle at night. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Clearly not on a set. No. Nope. Um, <clears throat> no. And uh, this is Sarah made a point in the beginning of the podcast about how this whole experiment is proving nothing. But I am now, because when I wrote this down, when she said it, I'm thinking he proved the wrong point because this chimpanzee, Bonzo, has grown up. With Ronald Reagan, whose father was a criminal, and the monkey just stole some jewelry. Boom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's proved it the wrong way. <laughs> he has. He has. You can he, give so, bad genetics via osmosis, I guess, just by <laughs> being around someone. Right. Right. It's, it, it skips a generation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's one of those. Okay. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I, I see it actually are... is the environment. It's just not the way that you think. <laughs> I see where you guys are going. Like it's not genetics because the chimpanzee and him are not technically related. But uh, yeah. in an earlier draft of the film, <laughs> Ronald's <laughs> Ronald's father spent some time in Africa. Um, oh. No. Um, oh boy. I was trying to steal that joke from Noises Off, but uh, <laughs> then I realized that there was some bestiality in there, and that's terrible. Yeah. Um, after the fact, and then I made a comment about it. Good for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so this 
this is like they're wrapping up the film, wrapping up the film. It's like they um, were making this movie now, and they're like, we can't go past this runtime. Our our audiences won't watch anything past it. So it's really strange because Reagan bumps into Bonzo on the road, sees the necklace he's stolen. He calls Han <laughs> to get Jane to help. Jane's left. So uh, Reagan tells Han who shows up to meet him, but they didn't meet at the jewelry store for some reason. There wasn't a payphone in front of it. How about that? Uh, <laughs> he says to Hans, go get some bananas. Cause that's his answer to everything. Um, <laughs> right. And then Bonzo is like going crazy. So, uh, he, nope, I'm not going to say going ape. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> so, he, uh, thank you for the groan. Um, so he sends uh, Bonzo with Hans. Uh, and uh, so meanwhile, he decides to go up the fire escape and try to put the necklace back. But the uh, cop is right there saying not so fast. So now his father's past has come back to haunt him. It's all over the papers. Oh, the jokes. Um, <laughs> uh there's lots of little one-liner jokes here from like the police officers and they're teasing him and uh, cause he's told them the truth. Uh, finally, someone gets the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, Jane shows Are you sure up. they can handle it? <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, Jane shows up in Hans's lab. This would be an interesting film to remake with Bonzo being played by Jack Nicholson. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jane shows up in Hans's lab and he tells her the story. So uh, she's like, oh no. And and this was like the joke that I really enjoyed. She's like, oh no. And he's like, yeah, they're probably going to put him in jail. And she's like, Bonzo? And he's like, no, they're taking him to Yale. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wondered if before that happened, if there was going to be like some Yale jokes. Yeah, I I enjoyed that. Um, So she grabs Bonzo, runs him to the dean, who doesn't believe the story at all. And uh, Bonzo blows raspberries. Well, the human person had to blow raspberries, even though I've seen chimpanzees do that quite well on their own. Um, Mm -hmm. And then there's, uh, oh, there's a cute little joke here by Hans, who when he blows the raspberries, Hans, like, Bonzo, that's no way to make friends and influence deans. Yeah, that was a good one. I like that one. Hey, I read that book. Awesome. Um, I've read that book too. (laughs) I was thinking though, I was like, was it already written by that point? And I guess, I guess it was. I I didn't. So I I thought that I should Google it, but then I didn't. (laughs) Yeah, because like I remember, even the abridged or the changed version I read still had all the old stories in it. Where I was just like, okay, when is this going to help me? Because you're talking about a guy who lives down the road who needs help with his wagon wheel. And I'm so <laughs> like, that's not happening today. Like, um, Anyway, so the delivery men come for Bonzo, but Jane and Val decide to fight about this. And ouch, this perfection speech is what I wrote in my notes. Yeah. <laughs> because Jane really gives it to Val. She's like telling her like, oh, isn't it nice to be like, basically she gives her the white privilege speech. Um, (laughs) It's very interesting. Yes. Yes. Um, 
So now we go, all of us, to the police station where they want proof. And so Jane gives Bonzo the necklace who the jewelry store owner has brought a fake version because they don't trust Bonzo with the real one. Um, And he runs out of the police station. And I was just like, wait, what? Like, why didn't you go to the jewelry store before (laughs) this? (laughs) So they all race to the jewelry store and uh, they wait and watch and they're about to give up. And then here comes Bonzo like through the ductwork, like um, Mission Impossible and puts the necklace back because Bonzo has learned, obviously, that if you steal something, you have to put it back after several days. Right. Um, (laughs) So before I forget, I just looked it up because I was curious. The woman that played Valerie, she was 25 when they made this. So mm. not much older than Jane. Mm. Right. Um, I also just looked up how much $22,000 was worth. Oh, because yeah. Because I was like, how much could that actually be? And it said in 1950, $2,000, which is what Bonzo is worth, but then it's getting resold for more than that. What it was worth in 1950 was $20,000. Yeah, that's... Which, because I was like, when I was watching, I was like... Pfft. Two thousand dollars, no big, no big whoop. Yeah, and then, yeah, that is a big whoop right there. Yeah, that's <laughs> significant. Wow, that's that's really interesting. And and uh, and the one of the things I didn't mention was that the idea was that they were selling Bonzo for more money to Yale for medical research, and right. so mm-hmm. that that had some people on edge, obviously. But um, I mean, you know making the chimpanzee live with Reagan is just as torturous. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) sorry. Um, So we cut to the university where it's one of those like, yeah, we've taken up too much of your time and maybe we haven't done a lot of university research. So we'll just have like Reagan ending on some sort of positive speech about Bonzo. Uh, It was like coming in on the punchline of a joke and, uh, and then the and then he's like, but I have to go now. I have something important to do. And then the dean is like, this is a wonderful experiment in our university or Sheridan College is going to, you know, la da la. And then Valerie was like, you know, dad, like he said, he has something important to do. That'll have to wait so he can go on his honeymoon. And the movie does this whole fake out with she takes his arm and they walk out together. But like, you know. He's not going on a honeymoon with Valerie. He kisses her cheek and says, thanks for everything. And she says, I'm just glad you're happy. And then he gets in the car with Jane and Bonzo is sitting in the back. And she says, oh, Papa. (laughs) And Bonzo claps. And then Finn, the movie is over. So they're they're taking the chimp with them on their honeymoon. Wow. I hadn't really thought of that. This movie (laughs) has a lot of weird kinky things going on. Yeah. Well, along those lines, I wrote this down earlier and I forgot about it when we were at that part, but the part where Jane gets upset and runs out because uh, Ronnie can't take a hint. Um, Hans says to him, it's like, well, what are you talking about? I don't understand. And Hans says to him, study your Freud. And he lights a cigar and they kind of (laughs) really seem to pause on that shot as he puts a cigar Mm. in his mouth and lights it. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And we never wow. see him smoke anywhere else in the movie. Oh, hmm. At least I don't okay. think. But was there 
Well, um, didn't he smoke at the very beginning, and then he also smoked during the, uh, yeah, the very, closer to the end in the living room? Oh, he might have. Yeah, whatever. Regardless, like when he said study your Freud and like lit the cigar, I was like, okay, yeah. that's uh, <laughs> on the nose. A little heavy handed. Yep. Hmm. Interesting. So Clinton starring in the remake. Wow. Never mind. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> also, I uh, looked up how to win friends and influence people. Uh, authored by Dale Carnegie and uh, published in October of 1936. Yep. Wow. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. Nice. As a self-help book. My, my big thing that I wanted to like look up was I was still fascinated from the beginning of the film and that's how I got the name of that at the beginning of the podcast. But I was like, do these things actually work? This tiny little trampoline that you're supposed to jump on? Like, <laughs> what the hell is going on here? And uh, I didn't get a lot of history, but I, I was reading like a fireman's blog, like, and he was saying like, uh, you know, people always ask that question, like that can't be real. And he's like, well, do you want to die in a fire or jump and possibly live? <laughs> yeah. So apparently it had changed over the years and it was in use until the 1960s in some places. Wow. Because <laughs> they still hadn't had like ladders that could go up very high. Sure. And, right. Uh, sure. So, yeah, they were saying like, you know, it was about 50-50. Like people could jump and then survive maybe with some injuries and some would not survive. So crazy. Uh, and apparently there's a sequel to this film, but it doesn't yeah. star anyone. Uh, because <laughs> are Reagan you serious? Was, yes, it's called Bonzo, Bonzo goes, goes to college. college. Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> no! 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 <laughs> yeah. I didn't read too much into it, but based on the poster, it looks to me like Bonzo's the ringer on the college football team. <laughs> <laughs> And, and and Disney remade it with like a mule or something. Uh, <laughs> it oh, just yeah. it just got kind of looped into the Air Bud movies at that point. I think. Yeah. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Bonzo. Yeah, there was a sequel. I guess they wanted to do another one, and and Reagan just said he thought it was too silly, so he wouldn't do it. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, huh. And I was yeah. sad to read. Like no. I'm, Sad to even say it, but uh, it is a, a, a very old film. But uh, I was sad to read also that um, Peggy didn't live to see the premiere of the film because uh, there was oh. a fire at the animal training center where she was at. So, no way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it. I, I read on one blog that she was set to host like an awards show with Ronald Reagan too. <laughs> um, that would have been interesting. I actually, I had a twisted thought while I was watching it. I was kind of like, all these people are dead. <laughs> yeah. 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 While I was watching it. Because I was like, Ronald Reagan, all right, he's no longer with us. And then I was like, looking at all the people on the screen. And then, of course, I thought of uh, Bonzo. Because I was like, yeah, animals don't live as long. But I didn't realize the tragic end. That's really yeah. sad. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah. I had a similar it, thought. My wife was watching Breakfast at Tiffany's once, and it's a scene where the cat's out in the rain. And I said, you know, that cat's probably been dead for like 50 years. Yeah. No, I think about that when I watch movies. If there's ever animals in them, I'm always just like, that animal's no longer. But yeah, this was so, such an old film that, um, yeah, everybody's everyone is gone but the the funny thing is is like the film was just the the whole construct of it and the way that it was done like i have to admit that i was i paused it a couple of times just to be like how much longer <laughs> and it's not a long movie it's like no. 92 minutes right yeah yeah it's 123 is what it came up and i was like okay where are we at now and then at a certain point i was like oh they got to wrap this up they got to wrap this up and then like you like you guys had said like yeah they knew that they had 10 minutes left so they had to resolve the issues so yeah i do think it had like some value of entertainment regardless of how bad it was i wanted to know what the response was like in the movie theaters like did people actually really laugh at the hijinks and i just i wonder i mean that was early days i'm sure of animal training and animals being in film so it must have been quite um unique and yeah just something that people hadn't really seen before so i'm sure that there was yeah some kind of like draw on that but i was just wondering yeah because like, they didn't have youtube back then where they could just go in and watch chimp videos for hours so <laughs> yeah. definitely a novelty exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well i i especially thought it was kind of interesting too to see uh was it diane lynn like jane she was just sitting there like talking to Bonzo and at one point I was like okay Bonzo's not really there so you're just doing a line read and then I was like that must have been like somewhat new I mean obviously sometimes actors don't stand in for themselves but like you're trying to have dialogue with a chimpanzee and like react to the chimpanzee <laughs> mm -hmm. like that must be like a whole different game than say today's movies where you're just acting with a green screen. You're like, Oh shit, something's flying at me or something. I don't know. <laughs> right. I listened to a podcast once. I want to say it was the Gilbert Gottfried podcast. And I want to say it was the episode with Dick Miller. And he talked about being in a movie where there was a chimp and the chimp wrangler told him if the chimp starts acting up, bite him and then he'll leave you alone. <laughs> It was it was something like that, and I think he did. The chimp just started acting crazy, so uh, Dick Miller, whoever it was, just bit the chimp, and then the chimp chilled out and just, you know, I guess respected him after that. <laughs> well, maybe that's like when puppies start to, you know, gnaw on your hands. You're supposed to go, ay, yay, to like show them <laughs> that you're hurting oh, them, yeah. and then they'll yeah. stop. Okay. Yeah. So... <laughs> He was using uh, inverted. Uh, That's I was waiting for it. There <laughs> <Yep>. you go. <laughs> inverted psychological domination. Yeah. Right. I'm Perfect. so glad you like wrote that down because I was like, "What the heck is this?" So, do you remember, Mister uh, Gilbert Godfrey, po podcast listener? Who is the actress woman who like started taking in like big cats and lions? Uh, I don't remember that one. Well, Melanie Griffith, uh, it was yes. her parents that had, I don't know why I know this random information. <laughs> yes, That's I do. I do a about. podcast about animals. But, um, yeah, there's like, there's all these photos of Melanie Griffith when she's a teenager with these lions in their house in like the swimming pool and stuff. Yes. That's their, you're up her mom. Yeah. Um, the actress and they, they, uh, 
the movie like came out recently, like in the oh, last yeah. three years. But I, I haven't watched it. But it's like they were making a movie, kind of. Was it like it's somewhat of a documentary of what they were trying to do, and then people got hurt, and yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Thinking about that when we were talking about like how animals are treated, because <laughs> she's trying to like take in like these animals that were you know actors that are now no good to anyone. So supposedly, supposedly, but uh, yeah, I'm like I kind of wanted to see it, not from some like terrible fascination, but I was like, oh, that that'd be kind of interesting, although scary. Yeah. Um, to not see like, you know, edited clips like, oh yeah, we're doing the scene just fine. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I also, when we were having this conversation tonight, I was thinking about, uh, Project X. Like I haven't seen that in a long time, but that was a really hard film to watch. Do you remember that one, Dan? Is that the one with Matthew Broderick and the chimps and the flight simulators? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was a really I already hard... don't want to see that. Just with yeah, those it's... few words, I don't want to see it. <laughs> yeah, don't see it. It's really depressing. Yeah, yeah. But they're they're training chimps to be able to fly jets that can because they think they're they're tested they're exposing them to radiation because they want to train them to drop bombs on Russia or whatever the hell it is. And yeah, it's uh it's pretty weird. Yeah, I mean, in the end, like Broderick wants to save them all, so it's nice but yeah it's just really sad like ugh. i think that was like when i was younger that was when i first started thinking about these things you know like this isn't just like a, a movie like they're making these animals do these kinds of things on the screen you know well i mean at the end they were gonna sell all of the chimps to yale and we <laughs> we can't let the yaleys get a hold of them yeah we can't do that <laughs> But it was for $2,500. Right. <laughs> this is the second. We, we just watched uh, that Dean Martin film, uh, Murderer's Row, where he, uh, that, that, that gentleman, that little young boy <laughs> who had everything was a Yale man. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So. You, you sir, go. have the boorish disposition of a Yaley. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, I kind of. I found it somewhat entertaining. What about anybody else have uh, opinions on this film? I mean, yeah, I as a morbid curiosity <laughs> time capsule sort of thing and starring a future president. I mean, yeah, it's entertaining and weird at the same time. It's I mean, I definitely I don't want to say I enjoy watching it, but it's I don't hate watching it either, I guess. That's cuz it's so ridiculous. Yeah, I just found that it was I thought it was interesting because I wouldn't normally watch a film because I feel like of that age, I feel like films don't necessarily hold up over time because they're so based in the zeitgeist of, of mm -hmm. that time. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's, but it was, so yeah, it was kind of like this cultural, like sociological study of, of what it was like in that time. Um, and it was also, yeah, seeing Ronald Reagan, as as the actor Ronald Reagan um, before President Reagan and then also thinking about where we are right now and having somebody that ha had been very much in the entertainment business before becoming president. Mm -hmm. right. I don't know. It just I I was. Yeah, it kind of felt like it was. a Yeah, kind of a freak show. And so I was kind of enjoying watching it. But I was also like, what? Is, this is wrong. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah, it's uh, definitely has that that piece to it that uh, we find when we watch some of these older movies, like that Elvis movie. Oh boy, uh, <laughs> you know. And then he's like singing this like sort of seductive song to like a little girl on his lap, and <laughs> we were we were kind of freaked out about it. But then you know, I talked to my mother in law about it, and she was like, you know, but that's not the way people thought back then, like, right? You know, right? And right. I was like. Good point. Good point. And it, I, I will say, like when you said it, it's like kind of freaky and things don't hold up. I, I think I find that entertaining sometimes. Like if if I ever, if I don't have TV anymore, but if I had TV and found Leave It to Beaver on, I cannot stop watching it because it's just so entertaining to me to see that sort of cultural, you know, time capsule. Like the beeve is like in trouble because like he wore a monster sweatshirt to school, you know, yeah. like this is drama. <laughs> oh my goodness. Show me more. Uh, but, and it's yeah. also, what's also really interesting to me is like a lot of times when people talk about the good old days or like make America great again or, or any kind of like that kind of thing, they're always talking about the 1950s. So it's kind of cool. Not always. That's a generalization. A lot of times they're saying 1950s, that was the good old days that we need to go back to. So it was just really interesting to be like transported back there and to see, yeah, the the way that the kind of the cultural constructs, um, you know, about marriage, the ideas about children, the ideas about parenting and having to have the two parent home and all that stuff, like how ingrained it was in that. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it was it was really interesting. Funny enough, they don't want to go back to the tax structure we had in the 1950s, but yeah. that's, you know, a separate, separate piece. It was interesting, too, like <laughs> like you said, like when you're outside of that time period, um, like when Valerie showed up to his house, I was like, that seems improper because I don't understand mm-hmm. this culture, right? <laughs> like, I was like, can she do that? You know, like... Um, which I was like, they're not married yet. Is is she allowed to be at his house yet? (laughs) Yeah. 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 It was really fascinating. Um, yeah, it made me feel silly, but true. And Um, we, we forgot about the, uh, the payoff on the baby food thing when, uh, the old professor is goes, uh, bikes past Ronnie's window. He's like, I started eating the baby food and I even felt this well in years, whatever. And then he speeds away in the bike with sped up footage. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah that 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 did pay off well i, like that. <laughs> I was hit, just hit. impressed with the technology that they used to make that happen yeah like wow yeah there's a couple clips where like especially <laughs> there's a a couple clips like uh i think there's one uh where bonzo's in bed and then there's another one like jane says "Uh oh uh bonzo's getting tired time for bed or something like that and they slow the footage down because the chimpanzee is opening its mouth so they're slowing it down to make it look like a yawn (laughs) yeah totally yeah i was like oh clever you clever clever editors good for you (laughs) utilizing that technology sweet awesome uh i yeah thanks for everyone for watching this old movie um (laughs) so what do you have going on this is that uh token uh plug section of the podcast yeah plugs what do you got going on dan you're you're doing the 100 days 
Yeah, I'm doing the 100 Days Project right now over on Instagram. You can find me there uh, at Clidertron or just go to DanielJHogan.com. You can find all my social media there. But the 100 Days Project is you do do whatever you want for a project and every day you do a part of it. What I'm doing is I just do a random shape with watercolor paint and then I use an ink pen to, you know, cartoon it into something so that's just a fun easy thing a lot more simple than what i did last year and then i'm also getting ready for the east lansing art festival next month um, my wife and i will both be there uh, exhibiting art so we're pretty excited about that and then this month although i guess when's this coming out <laughs> i guess i should be more specific that's in may um in april uh, so this current month, I have a show here in Lansing. I'm doing a Comic Con in uh, Clinton Township, the Clinton Township Public Library Comic Con. May is my crazy month, so I have Free Comic Book Day on the 5th. That's the first Saturday in May. I'll be at the Comic Signal in Grand Rapids. Then I have uh, a rare weekend off, and the weekend after that is the East Lansing Art Festival. And the weekend after that, Memorial Day weekend, I will be in Traverse City at the Cherry Capital Comic Con, um, returning there after taking last year off. So I'm looking forward to going back to that. Wow, I'm tired now. Yeah, well, that's, and then I got <laughs> I got one in July, nothing in June, but I do have one in September, and I may add stuff here and there as I can. But yeah, April and May are going to be bonkers. Going to be bonzo. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then it will and, be bedtime for Danzo. Yep. Yep. And uh, Sarah, what, when uh, when's the next season of Pet Sounds coming, or is it already here? It's not here yet. Um, okay. I'm working on it, and I had in previous years done January as my launch, and I just recently signed on with E1 Entertainment's uh, podcast network. So they're working with me, and they were talking about changing it into um, seasons, which I kind of like that idea. So. We're going to try that out. So I'm just getting everything uh, packaged and ready to go. And it's going to be 10 episode seasons. And I think we're, we're aiming for two seasons a year. Um, as I mean, podcasters, uh, you know what I'm talking about when I say that, you know, having to have feed the beast and have something to go every single week or whatever the, the publication mm-hmm. kind of turnaround is. Yeah. That's... It, like, and consistency is, is paramount. So them giving me that opportunity and kind of saying, Hey, maybe you want to try it this way. Um, I'm super game for it. So long, the short of it is it will be coming out. It'll be, it'll be like the fourth season ish. Um, but it's going to be the format around, it's going to be coming out every week. So not every month like it had been. So Yeah. Keep your ears tuned. I don't know exactly when that's going to happen. We're looking at uh, sometime in April or maybe early May. But yeah, it's through the E1 Entertainment, or I guess it's E1 Podcast because they do movies and music and stuff. And now they're starting a podcast network. So that's that's where pods pod sounds. Oh boy, uh, pet sounds <laughs> is going to be awesome. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, that's that's really cool. I mean, we we've done seasons just out of uh, this is what we're doing. 
<laughs> yeah. Because we do it. We do this for fun. Uh, we don't get any monies except for our awesome patrons. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> but yeah, um, that's a, it's a it's a thing we do for fun, and um, so the seasons works out well. And I was just thinking about it the other day because um, there's so many awesome podcasts that uh, the ones that go weekly. Sometimes they're hard to keep up with, like, uh, you know, or the flavor of the month for me is not, you know, listening about history. But now I'm into, like, you know, uh, masculinity or something. So, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I like the idea of seasons just for that. Otherwise, you just feel like, oh, maybe I'll start listening to this again. And, oh, it's weekly. So now there's 500 I've missed. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 And then it feels like, ah, uh, not worth it. <laughs> so yeah yeah yep. that's like me with uh i just finally started getting into the star wars minute podcast and there's like they release them every day or at least they did initially in the start and so i'm i'm not even through empire strikes back yet because there's just so many episodes for every movie oh cool i yeah. need to go listen to that yeah they so they talk <laughs> about they go through each star wars movie a minute at a time and talk about whatever is in that minute and uh Obviously, with a uh, humorous slant, it's, it's fun. <laughs> That's a bit of a deep dive. Yeah, you wouldn't think it'd be entertaining, but it it oddly is. Because they, when you zero in and focus on all the stuff that's in that single, you know, one minute of footage, uh, mm -hmm. they dig up stuff that's pretty entertaining. Cool. I'll have to check <laughs> it out. I always love hearing people's suggestions because it's like, sure, I can go on the like top ones or most listened right. or news new and noteworthy but i'm always it's like people i don't know i kind of feel like it's like it's a lot like music that right. if someone suggests it then they obviously really like it so it's worth well, I, it, I also so. i'm working my way through the dollop which is also it's a bi-weekly podcast so they do two a week and i'm wow. not even I am in the mid 200s at this point, and I think they're up to like 300 something. So I still got a ways yeah. to go. <laughs> I guess That's it works a... like binge worthy, right? So it's like if you yeah. love it, then it's like, yes, there's a huge back catalog. I'm right. so right. pumped. Right. Yeah. Like when I started listening to the Adventure Zone, like right after we bought our house, uh, not quite two years ago. So it had been out for. Uh, I think about a year at that point. So I just was able to power through like a lot yeah. of episodes while I was working on getting our house ready. And then I finally caught up and then I had to keep waiting. It was, it was like when I started reading Harry Potter all over again, like the first like three books were already out. So I was able to tear through them and then I had to wait for all the other ones to come out. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's fun. Yep. Wait, like I want to continue talking because uh, I found one recently that's like a mini series. But you know, we we ended the movie like right at Sorry. the one fifteen mark, and now we're <laughs> way over. <laughs> uh, it happens. So um, yeah, any uh, other cool things coming out, Sarah? Or you're just uh, making money with your freelance? Uh, I'm doing all kinds of freelance stuff right now, currently. I'm snuggling with one of my cats and my dog. So life is Aww. good. That's I'm sure awesome. both my cats are sitting outside my office door wondering why I'm not letting them in here. <laughs> hey, um, hey, guy, let me in. Yep. Oh, the, the 20 pound one will pound on the door and try to open it. <laughs> like body slam the door? It, yeah, he'll uh, reach a paw under because there's, there's a decent Aww. gap under the door and like try to pull it open. He's done that in the bathroom 
to me a couple times when I've been in there. <laughs> I love that cat paws under doors. Classic. Yeah. Yep. Yes. <laughs> I hear typing yes. happening in there, which means there's a keyboard I'm not sitting on right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. All cats are old newsmen. That's, that's right. It's just yeah. kind of my default voice that I fall back to, apparently. <laughs> Listen, see? <laughs> well... Uh, as a former uh, newsman, I'm very no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I am offended, yeah. and yeah, not all newsmen. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, so thanks, uh, mom, for listening. Appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks to everyone who listened. Thanks to our our patrons, and uh, thanks to Dan for taking the time to suggest this film and then being sure. on the show with us. Sure. And Sarah for joining us for the first time and even watching a movie with animals, which she doesn't do. That's awesome. Oh, it was hard, but so worth it. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Cool. And uh, I think we're back in two weeks on the 19th. And I think Dan is back because we're watching another suggestion of his Masters of the Universe because 80s. Awesome. Better believe it. Movies inspired by toys can't be terrible. Uh, all right. <laughs> that's so, a great. That's a great sell. They can't yeah. be terrible. No, no. Always go Dolph Lundgren. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So, uh, thanks for you for listening, either during the day, having breakfast on the bus, or maybe committing a crime. That's okay. We're just glad you're listening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just your genes. Terrible. Don't worry about yeah, it. That's just your genes. Yeah. It's right. okay if you put it back. If you put whatever you stole back, it's all right. <laughs> right. In a couple Sneaking of days. through the vent. Yeah. In a couple of days. <laughs> yes. All right. I'm making t-shirts for the podcast that say, I blame Bonzo. There you go. I like that. <laughs> all right. Uh, thanks again. Uh, and uh, thank you, Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, good, good night, everyone. And... Uh, I'm going to get this quote right, I hope, because I stole it from Buckaroo Banzai, but someone just used it like in my face the other day. And I was like, wait, was that a quote before Buckaroo Banzai? But I usually end the podcast with, remember, wherever you are, there you are. Right? That's what I usually say? That's what you usually say? That's what you usually say. Okay, because someone said that to me, like it was like really thought provoking, like someone of importance. And I was like, did you just quote Buckaroo Banzai in a psychiatric <laughs> section? Okay. <laughs> Great way to end the show. Good night, everyone. Night. follow you.